Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 Peace to the planet, it's Tuesday! Yes, it's Tuesday. What's happening out there? Oh, man. I'm blessed black. I'm highly favored. Uh, The wheel is finally here. The UFOs have come. Okay. It's a great day. I told y'all this a couple weeks ago. Didn't I say a couple weeks ago I can't wait till the wheel come? And now, look, we're here. Just a a couple weeks later. What are you talking about? Nope. Oh, you didn't see the the footage yesterday from the UFOs? Which I actually (laughs) saw about... Uh, which I actually saw about, uh, let me see, maybe a couple months ago when I was on uh, Capitol Hill for some business and I was uh, talking to somebody and they told me, if I tell you, if I tell you what we know about UFOs, I have to kill you. Mm. And they told me to, they actually told me to go look something up. And then when I looked it up and they said um, that, that, that footage right there ha- has been declassified. So that footage has been circulating for a while, but I don't mm-hmm. know why it, 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 it came out yesterday in the news the way that it did. Mm. But it's a it's, it's footage of some uh I think it's some navy pilots. Uh-huh. Some some pi- I know some pilots and they they catch some UFO. They catch this uh unidentified flying object flying around their jets and they don't exactly know what it is, but uh they have confirmed that that is indeed an unidentified flying object. Wow. Yes. Okay. What does that mean? Does that mean uh, we're in trouble? Does that mean uh, we're, they're coming to help us? What does that mean? We don't know. I, I, I have, I don't know. You don't know that until they, until they pull up. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Well, they can you pull don't up. ever know until they pull up. Friend or foe, yo, state your biz. Okay. You don't know. But what well, you gonna do? Me? <laughs> when they pull up, what can you do? Exactly. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. I'm just well, happy la- here. Last night, uh, I'm tired. Last night, me and Clue... Clue used to have, DJ Clue used to have this uh, iconic show. I call it iconic. It was called Monday Night Mixtape. Used to do every Monday night, and your favorite artists used to come through freestyle. He used to play all types of exclusives. So we brought it back last night on IG Live. So we did it last night from 10 p.m. to midnight. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. We played a lot of exclusives. So many different people called, sent in records. It felt like the old days where people cared about how they released records, not just released it online. So it was pretty dope. We had a lot of people checking in. Can't wait to. We got a lot more in store for Monday Night Mixtapes. So shout out to DJ Clue. So I'm tired. I ain't get. I ain't get to sleep. The legendary. One thirty a.m. Legendary DJ Clue. I heard. Uh, I think yesterday I was. Uh, I saw something DJ Dramos posted. DJ Dramos. DJ <laughs> Drama said that he would wash DJ Clue in a mixtape battle. Well, he Am didn't say he would wash. He said he wants all the smoke though. He definitely said he wants the smoke. No, I thought. I thought okay. the word was washed. Did he use wash dramas? He didn't say wash, but he said nobody can touch his catalog. And I even said clue. He said nobody can touch his catalog. That would be a great battle. I, w- I would love to see that. That's very interesting. It, it would be a great battle because uh, a lot of this generation who, who who spends a lot of time on social media 
definitely grew up on Gangster Grills more than they grew up on uh, DJ Clue. As a store, so that would be a, that, yeah, that would be a, that would be a it's, good battle. It's two generations and, and, of of artists, so you know, with, with of course with Clue, you have Rockefeller, you have JD Kiss, the Locks, you have you know your Hoves, you have your Maces, your DMXs, you have all those artists, uh, Fabulouses, and you know Clue has n- numerous platinum albums. But then, but then drama got Lil Wayne, Young yep. Jeezy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Ti. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it would be, it would be, it would be something. You gotta, be you gotta remember one. how tra- remember how big Trapper Die was in the street mm-hmm. mixtape. Remember hey, how big Clues Tapes was in the streets? Um, no, I don't actually. Clues Tapes was. Huge I mean, I do. I mean, I do. I do remember how big Clues Tapes was. But I'm just talking about like you know, you was in the club, just to remind you was in the club, and you heard when, when you heard Jeezy Trapper Die. Like there was stuff coming off Drama's mixtapes that became like smash. Singles. Even though I listen, Clue's the guy. I don't care what nobody says. I, I love DJ Clue mixed. Yeah, Clue it'll be it would be it would be, like be very hard to compare the two of them. Maya Jay Z, Rough Riders uh part two. My dog. I just feel like I don't know. It's hard to compare Mary J to Kiss. It'll be a great one. I, I think it'll be a it'll good be, one. It would definitely it would definitely be a a, a great one. It's just a, it's, it's, it would come down to a generational thing though. It definitely honestly. would. It like, definitely like, would. like like uh, people our age have seen both. Yes. You know what I'm saying? People that are younger than us have not experienced both. They experienced. Yeah. They experienced one, you know. Right. Yeah. Include. You I know. Think. But it would be great. Yeah, it would be great. I, I would love to see that. But let's get the show cracking. Front page news. What are we talking about? Well, we'll talk about the NFL, what they're considering for the 2020 season, what that might potentially look at look like. Also, the NBA. We told you about them reopening practice facilities, but the Players Association hadn't agreed to that. So we'll tell you what might be the new plan. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with the NFL. What they are planning and what they're thinking about is a different version of the NFL this season. With the regular season starting as late as October 15th, no bye weeks, no Pro Bowl, and then that would include a Super Bowl on February 28th in Tampa. So... That might be the new plan. Usually the season starts the weekend after Labor Day, which would have been September 10th. Mm-hmm. And then the season would have ended January 3rd. But now they're saying, and the Super Bowl, February 7th. But they're saying that might be the new plan. Potentially. So they're, as not far even as the thinking of, they're not even thinking about holding back the NFL, huh? They're going yeah. full steam ahead? That's what it seems like. All right, Mm. now with the NBA, we had told you they were planning to start reopening practice facilities, and that was going to happen in certain states that were lifting their lockdown restrictions. Well, apparently they want to delay that, okay? According to the NBA Players Association, they want to wait another week. So even though they wanted to say starting this week, as these restrictions are being loosened up, the Players Union is saying that's not going to happen right now. They want to wait until at least May 8th, following unease from some teams and from some players regarding a potentially premature return. According to multiple reports, like a state like Georgia, they've lifted their lockdown. Uh, The Atlanta Hawks are not willing to host player workouts just yet. So there'll be a lot of precautions in place. Okay. Why are they not willing to host the player workouts? Because of too much people other than the team, the actual team? Maybe that's it. Well, you have to be in the facility at once? 
Right, they just don't feel so safe yet. They want to give it a little bit more time. Maybe they're going to wait to see what's happening in Georgia with these restrictions being lifted. You know, and if the players don't feel safe, then obviously they shouldn't do that. It's voluntary anyway, but let's just, you know, let's not rush into it. So they're saying next week they're going to wait and see. All right, uh, well, May 8th. Now, JetBlue has become the first U.S. airline to make flyers wear face masks. They're requiring passengers to wear a face mask or other face coverings beginning May 4th. And that is the first airline that's doing that. I saw some footage of an American Airlines flight that looked pretty full and people didn't really have on face coverings. It wasn't required. So according to other statements, they're saying that a lot of airlines should follow JetBlue's lead, including their efforts to fully communicate the change before it becomes effective next week. So flight attendants aren't in the position of being enforcers without information and backing from the airline. Oh, I've been had that. Uh, been had that plan in mind. I got face yeah, masks for both. the kids. I, I got face masks for the kids and everything. Because you know, when you used to go to the airport back in the day, and you used to see like a lot of Asian people with face masks on, and you'd be like, "What do they know that we don't know?" Well, I think we know now what uh, what it is that they know that we didn't know. So Absolutely. I'm following their lead. I'm definitely face masked up at the airport, on the airplanes, everything. Absolutely. I've been said that to myself, too. I mean, it's it's, yep. it's a wrap. I'm going to move. The way I move is going to be totally different. I'm going to face mask everything out and not just coverings. I'm face mask, face mask. That's right. I'm going to move like the Asians and Michael Jackson been moving, baby. Face mask and gloves. We out here starting something. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent, hit us up again. 800-585-1051. And I just want to say, be careful with those face masks. There was a driver in Jersey that uh, wore the face mask all day while he was driving, and it cut off his oxygen because he was, you know, you breathe out carbon monoxide, and, and and it was no oxygen coming in, and he passed out and crashed. For having a face mask he, on all day. His breath must have been terrible. Oh, my god. He goodness. must have been driving and been shocked because he finally smelt his breath for the first time, and that just threw him for a loop. Lord, I have don't mercy. Know. I don't know about How that. Tight, what kind of mask did he have on that was so tight that he cut his oxygen off? I don't know, but he passed out. So just be careful out there with them face masks. Right? You, get it off your you, chest. Don't, well, at what point don't you realize you're not breathing? Are you not getting enough air? Shouldn't you know that at some point? I, I think well, with you know carbon those, monoxide, those though, you can't, you can't really tell. That's why it's so dangerous. Well, you know, with those masks sometimes, it's hard breathing with those masks anyway sometimes, to me anyway. Like, those masks, it's not the easiest to breathe in, especially if you got those N95 masks. But that's my point. He was probably driving. feel it, right? I could. He, I guess he didn't. Passed out. But get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What up, though? This is Lee from Detroit. What up, though? Get it off your chest, bro. What's happening, Lee? I work at the post office. We need hazard pay, man. Every time I turn on the news, we hear about all the private sector jobs, get their hazard pay, get their bonuses. We ain't here like business as usual, dog. Wow. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't understand why the post office is not getting a... Uh, any type of hazard pay. I saw something yesterday where the, the, the cruise ships got a bailout and the post office didn't. I mean, what the hell, in what world do cruise ships matter more than the post office? The I agree with you on that because people want to get their mail and you guys are still going to work, still working hard, so I, I'm I trying agree. to figure out how they're how they spending this money, though. Like, they spend money to the Lakers? To the essential, man. I'm a custodian. I'm essential to the essential. I'm reason this building clean for them to come to work and... I'm going home to my family every day with nothing extra. Like, this is ridiculous. Absolutely. You're right. Absolutely. You're right. 
Y'all are y'all around people all the time. Y'all around people all the time, and 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 y'all got to keep the building super sanitary at all times. But especially right now, at a time like this, y'all are absolutely essential workers. But thank you for checking in, bro. Did I hear something? They gave the Lakers a a, a bunch of millions of dollars, and the Lakers gave it well, back. They have to return. They have to 4. return the money. Million. That was from the small. That was from the small business. But how, uh, but how program. how are they how are they getting that? Like, there's a lot the of businesses out there that's really program. losing. Because I didn't read it. small business is 300 employees or less. And so because they did qualify uh, for that, they did apply for it, but they don't really need it as much money as they make. So they are returning that money, but, you know, that they, shouldn't have been... They still applied for it, though? Yeah, why, why would they even apply for it? That don't even sound right. The Los Angeles nope. Lakers applying for a small business administration's paycheck protection program loan. Like, what the hell? Yeah, that's yeah it was $4.6 million. And, you know, they... I think, you know what I think happens? I think that uh, companies that know how to apply for these things and know all the things that they can get, they apply for them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you need it. And so that's what's not really fair because people that really need it for the small businesses who it's supposed to be for, there were companies like Shake Shack, Ruth Chris, Potbelly Sandwich Shop. They also applied and got that's funding. Crazy. And they did return their funding because people... They shouldn't people, have even applied, man. Yeah, they shouldn't have. It's not all right. fair. Now, what, yeah. Yeah, and it's not, and you know, and it's, 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 I hope all of these companies are still paying their employees because that's what the paycheck, that's what the PPP is for. It's for to keep your employees employed, so you don't have yeah. to furlough, yeah, so you don't have you, to fire. If you don't, you have to return the money because it is a loan, and then it's a forgivable loan as long as you keep. I think it's like eighty percent or something like that of everybody mm. still on payroll. All right, get it off your chest. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800 585 1051 We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. <laughs> Hello, who's this? This is Todd. Todd, what up? Get it off your chest. Yo, the U.S. economy is heavily, is heavily supporting the U.S. dollar, which is the strongest currency on the planet Earth. And we need the U.S. dollar to stay strong in order for all the services to be paid for in this country that the federal government um, pays for to give us the quality of life that we have. So the cold, very unfortunate reality is that the economy has to be opening up at a higher rate than what it is now in order for people to live well and eat and survive at the long extended period that we want them to live at. The virus is killing a lot of people. But if this economy doesn't get back up and moving, there's going to be a whole lot more people dead over an extended period of time. And that's just the cold facts, brothers and Angela. Why you tell? Why you telling us something we already know? Because the public doesn't get it, man. The public, the public, think, the public sees five, the public sees two trillion dollars, and some of them know that we need to get about five point five trillion dollars in there, but they don't understand the rotation of the money, and the money has to rotate back into the coffers of the federal government in order to get everybody up and moving. Those are the cold, unfortunate facts, and we should be talking about that more, And although people will die. I'm pretty sure everybody understands that, sir. I'm not convinced that that's the case. Charlamagne, yeah. if you would like to use your 10 million listeners to do a poll, you will find out that many of them do not think that's the case. They're more scared of dying than they are of dying at a long period of time because the economy flops. Yeah, I think that, you know, uh, yeah, po 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 poverty and a lot of civil unrest will happen if uh, the economy doesn't open back up. Yes, a lot of people will be hurt and, and, and killed over the long run because of that. Yeah. 
and we've learned a hard lesson that we needed to learn over stocking the government with better better numbers of infectious disease researchers, which we should have learned the better part of 50 years ago. This ain't Trump's well, or Obama's. No, 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 no. Every president knew that. Donald Trump fired the global pandemic team in 2016. Come on now, 2016, 2017. And we had the appropriate number to the population of infectious disease researchers back in 1970 and increased them along the way. This would have been something that would have been caught a long time ago. Before I don't know anything about that, but I do know that he fired the global pandemic team in like 2016, 2017. So that says a lot, too. Well, they should have been better staffed in the first place down in the CDC and the National Institute of Health. All right. All right. Well, thank well, you for calling in and giving us that information, yeah. brother. <laughs> now, see, that's when you're supposed to say, you know what I'm saying? Because I knew what he was saying. You know what I mean? Okay. People always say, you know what I'm saying when you don't know what they're saying. But when you, when you know what, if I know what you're saying, that's when you say, you know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Hello, who's this? Janelle, good morning. Hey. hey. Good morning. Good Get morning. it off your chest. First of all, I just want to let y'all know how hard it is to co-parent during this time that we're in. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. So my, my ex is dating. I just found this out just now, even though we've been going through this for two months. He's dating a nurse, and it's on the front lines. Getting my son every oh, week. And you, don't, and you don't want your kids over there. Not letting me. I can understand I'm, that. I'm asthmatic. I'm asthmatic. Lord have mercy. His caregiver is 67-year-old cancer survivor who never let me know this. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I can't bring it up because he's going to think I'm trying to argue. He's not going to understand it from my point of view. So I'm just frustrated today. Yeah. Lord have mercy. your frustration. That's a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if I say something, then it's going to be like, oh, you're being a bitter baby mama. He's been with God knows how many women since we broke up. So I'm not being a bitter big mama. I just don't want. He's just to concerned about the safety of yourself, the children. Yeah, you want to be safe. But I can't. I can't say that he's not going to understand that. Yes, you can. Yo, know, the woman that he's with, the, the nurse should understand that. The nurse yeah, should understand that. You know, because she's a mother and you're a nursing, so you're on the front line and you're seeing what's going on. Why would you pick yep. yourself around other people's kids? Other Absolutely. Kids? So yeah, that's what well. I thank you for calling and check in. Thank you. You guys have a good day. You too now. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes. And since people are watching so much television now, we'll talk about a new documentary that's coming out. And we'll also tell you about some big numbers for The Last Dance for episodes three and four. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Yes, so as you know, Barack and Michelle Obama have a deal with Netflix. Well, Michelle Obama is putting out her Becoming documentary, and that will be on Netflix on May 6th. Listen to the trailer. How do you feel transitioning back to your normal life? What I've learned is that get back on what track? It's a whole new track, and it's different forever. So it's not getting back on track, but it's creating my next track. I'm figuring out what do I want to do? What do I care about? And it takes time to process your life and and figure out what it all means. So little of who I am happened in those eight years. So much more of who I was happened before. So it'll have some of the same it'll have some of the same stories from the book, but it also gives a look into her life since the book came out as well. I can't wait. I'm watching. Yep. That book sold several million copies, so I'm sure several million people will be watching, too. 
All right. Also, the docuseries that we've all been watching, several million people, The Last Dance. Episodes three and four drew a total of 5.9 million viewers across its third and fourth episodes on Sunday night. So that's only slightly lower than the average 6.1 million viewers from the week before for episodes one and two. So, Well, if people would stop passing around that goddamn, that goddamn link to the episodes, then it would be higher. You know what I mean? But people can't wait and got to watch things bootleg instead of just waiting for Sunday night. I mean, yeah. I think people are still gonna watch it on television, regardless. I'm watching so. it on TV. I don't. I don't want to watch the bootleg link. Somebody hit me for the bootleg link last night, and they shall remain nameless. All right, a new show that's in development in HBO. Y'all ain't gonna care about this, but I do. There's gonna be a Hellraiser series. Now you guys know how much I love horror, so it's based nope. on Pinhead. the Hellraiser film franchise. Hmm? Pinhead, right? Yep. Yep. Hellraiser. Oh my God! There was just an accident outside my house. Um. So that series will not be a reboot, but it's going to be an elevated continuation and expansion of its mythology and things like that. So I'm excited and I can't wait to uh, check that out because that's just something new for me to watch when that finally comes out. Now, YouTube is also hosting a free virtual film festival with 20 partners. That includes Cannes Film Festival, Tribeca, Sundance. Uh, now that all these film festivals are shutting down worldwide, YouTube is stepping in to launch that 10-day digital film festival this spring with these partners. It'll be streaming free cinema to cinema fans everywhere. So this is called the We Are One, a global film festival, and it's all being produced and organized by New York's Tribeca Enterprises. That's exciting. And that online festival will be from May 29th to June 7th, and you can watch it on YouTube. And again, it's free. Okay. Will you be able to watch movies on, on YouTube as well? Because that's the beauty of going to these film festivals. You get to watch some of these films. How are you going to sure be able to be watch the film? I'm sure you'll be able to. On yeah, YouTube? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, on YouTube. And so you'll be able to watch the films any, on YouTube. Yeah, you can watch the films. There's no ads. It's free to watch. It's going to be shorts, documentaries, music, comedy, panel discussions, all of those things. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so in a few weeks, we'll get to see what that full schedule is going to be like. And just to give you guys an update on what we were talking about earlier with the Paycheck Protection Program, the Los Angeles Lakers are returning that $4.6 million loan that they got from the PPP, and a source has confirmed that. And I told you earlier, not only are they returning theirs, but Shake Shack, Ruth Chris, uh, Pop Belly Sandwich Shop, all of them are returning their funding after they got some backlash. Now, the Lakers were eligible for that loan. They do employ about 300 people, but they're also worth about $4.4 billion, and it's supposed to be for businesses that need it, for small businesses with under 500 employees who are seeking loans. Mm -hmm. But because that program quickly ran out of funding, they had to get some more money and a lot of these companies now, because of that backlash, realize what they did was wrong. Okay. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Reports. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, Yee, I'm nosy. Go to the window, make sure everybody's okay. You know, you I'm, about to go to, I'm trying to hurry up because it was a huge crash outside. All right. Listen, Co Sandra Dean just ran out to go look because she's nosy too. But Up next, yeah, front so page look, news. Wrap me up. Front page news is next. What are we talking about? We'll talk about Donald Trump. He is responding to people who are accusing him of being the person that's making people ingest disinfectants. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, I'll tell you this tragic story of something that happened in Manhattan. A woman who was an ER doctor, she was a top ER doctor. Uh, she actually ended up committing suicide. She was the medical director of the New York Presbyterian Allen Hospital. Mm -hmm. She was 
49 years old, and she actually contracted coronavirus. And then as she was recuperating, uh, she waited and went back to work. And then she ended up, um, well, she gotten sick and she ended up going back to work. She had no history of mental illness. But when she last spoke to her family, she said it was excruciating to have to continually watch contagion patients die, including some even before they could be taken from the ambulance. They said she was truly on the front line. Make sure that she is praised as a hero. She's a casualty just as much as anyone else who has died. She ended up uh, committing suicide. Really sad wow. and depressing story. Prayers up for Absolutely. I really, I, I really want. I would really want to know what she was going through psychologically. Like, what did she see that really made her say, "Oh man, you know, death would be better than this." I really want to know. Yes, an ICU doctor who works in the city said that the onslaught of virus patients can be almost too much to handle for anyone at times. He said, for a while, it felt like we were standing under a waterfall and couldn't get a breath for air. Now it feels busy, but not in a way that is suffocating. I wonder if uh, actually seeing how, because everybody talks about how tragic it is when somebody with coronavirus dies because they got to die alone. I wonder if the thought of, you know, dying alone scared her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's talk about Donald Trump. He said he doesn't take any responsibility for people using disinfectants improperly, ingesting them as a cure for coronavirus, even though he was the one that originally said that that's something that could potentially be helpful. Here's what he said. They've seen a spike in people using disinfectant after your comments last week. I know you said they were sarcastic. I, I can't imagine why. I can't imagine why, yeah. Take any responsibility? No, I don't. No, I die? can't imagine. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, please. <laughs> he don't care. Very, very interesting. I thought about this yesterday, right? He's a leader. Leaders lead. Correct. Uh, by actions and deeds, not words and lip service. Even though I think, you know, they should only lead by actions. If he really wanted people to drink bleach, he would take a shot in front of people. He would tell people he's drank the bleach before. His kids drank the bleach. His whole administration drinks the bleach. If I saw right. him drinking bleach, okay, I'd be more prone to drink the bleach. But just because he said to do it, if I'm dumb enough to do, if I'm dumb enough to try it because Donald Trump said it, isn't that kind of a choice? How much responsibility should Trump have for that? Well, I think at a time like this, as we can see, people, people are under a lot of stress. They're willing to try anything, you know, and so it's just not good to put that out there at all to be responsible for the people you're supposedly leading. Ask me. I think he's Ask responsible. Me. Well, how much responsibility should he have, Envy? 75%. 75? Okay. 75. I say 75, 80%. Absolutely. I say 50. All right. Now, Donald Trump Only said he never even thought of changing the date of the upcoming presidential election, which is November 3rd, even though Joe Biden suggested that Trump would attempt a delay. He said, I never thought of changing that date. November 3rd, good number. That was, those were his words. So well, Trump can't change it anyway, though. It would have to go through the House and some of the Senate have to vote on it, and the House wouldn't go for that. Yeah, the Congress would have to approve that. But some people were thinking that maybe he might try to do that. And, you know, obviously in a time like this, a lot of things are being changed and moved around. And, right. you know, some people felt like he might try to delay the election or refuse to leave office if he loses in November. So there's just a lot of concerns because there's a lot of stuff that you can't do that somehow has been getting done. <laughs> Correct. I mean, and if you if you delay the election, how long are you going to delay it? Because on January 20th, I think it's January 20th, January 20th, 2021 at noon, Donald Trump would lose all his presidential power. And you know what would happen if that would happen? They would come lock his ass up immediately. 
1201, he'd be in handcuffs. I wonder if there's so, a way to, that he can extend it if the pandemic continues and, and it continues to, you know, the people continue to die and it's becoming where people can't go out and vote. second wave that they're yeah, talking about. Yeah, I mean, can they extend it? I mean, I, we see Mike Bloomberg do it. Mike Bloomberg, I mean, it's, it was only mayor, but he... It, there's never been three three terms in New York City, and he made it happen. So you know, you, know, would, you just it, never know. I, I don't think he would because it would be to his benefit. Because I think low voter turnout benefits uh, Donald Trump. So I don't, th- I don't, I don't, I don't think he would. Mm. All right, now let's talk about businesses reopening. Missouri is allowing businesses to reopen on May fourth. They said our plan is working. The healthcare system is not overwhelmed, and we are winning the battle, according to the governor. There, any business will be able to reopen as long as six feet of social distancing can be maintained. Indoor retail businesses will also have to limit their number of customers to no more than twenty-five percent of normal capacity, and local communities will be allowed to have stricter rules if they so choose. Alaska is allowing salons and restaurants to reopen in most parts of the state. Um, and what's today's date? Well, that's already happened. So 28th. on that same day, Oklahoma permitted some personal care businesses to reopen for appointments. And in California, some beaches that have been closed have reopened for public use, even though they have limitations. Now, Georgia's reopening has been pretty aggressive so far. Hair and nail salons, gyms, bowling alleys, tattoo studios, massage therapists, all of those have reopened. Theaters and restaurants uh, reopened also just yesterday in Texas. They said businesses wow. such as retail stores, restaurants, and theaters can reopen Friday, but they must limit customers, and that order will allow libraries and museums to open as well. So that's just some of the restrictions uh, that have been lifted in some of these states. All right. Can, can, we, can, we talk, can we go back to talking about some of these dumbasses for a second, though? What you mean? The, the, the people who, you know... They, they say it's a, uh, what you say you, it was a spike in people drinking bleach since Donald yes. Trump said that? Ingesting, yep. ingesting disinfectants. And Trump not taking responsibility. How much responsibility should he, he, should he have for that? Listen, it's a serious conversation. How much, how much responsibility should he have? I think a lot. I say, 75%, I say 50. 80%. I say 50 because he said it and he's the president. But if you're dumb enough to drink bleach, because anybody said to drink bleach, but especially somebody like Donald Trump. That's, you got to take some responsibility okay. on your own, too. Well, let's open up the phone lines. Let's especially talk about a grown-ass it. person. 800-585-1051. But this is the thing, Charlemagne. A lot of people don't know. And I know you say, oh, no, everybody should know. No, a lot of people don't know the effects of bleach. and what ble- people are dumb? I'm just saying that people do not know. Are you, you know, people I mean, take all kinds of uh, people are taking all kinds of things like they might say, oh, this, you know, that cures malaria. This is used to treat that. You should try this. People went and ordered that online and yes. never took it before and didn't yeah, know what that was. That's an actual you know, medication. But people are trying. You don't know what's in it, though. You know what I'm it's saying? People are trying to do all kinds of things just because they heard Donald Trump say it. It's still medicine, though. It's a difference between telling somebody to take a medicine and telling somebody, you know, inject disinfectant. Yes. In your body. But like, he is the on. president, and people feel like, well, damn, maybe he knows something that we don't know. He's, he's, he's speaking to all the doctors out there. All the doctors are telling him everything. So if the president, the guy that talks to Fauci and all these other doctors, say, hey, bleach, that's the cure. So, a lot of so people are going to be like, you know what, let me try. So you say 80%. I say, yes. I say half. You know what I'm saying? Because I still think that, you know, other people got to take responsibility and, and hold themselves accountable for their actions. What's your percentage, G? 100? No, I wouldn't say 100% because um, you can't believe some everything. But I do feel like he has at least a 70% responsibility in that. All right. Let's talk. I, w- I would like to talk to people because I know it's somebody out there who feels like he shouldn't get no responsibility for it. 
800-585-1051. Talking Donald Trump, man, how, how much percent should, should he have on people taking uh, shots of bleach or in, <laughs> injecting themselves with bleach shots? Let's, let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking Donald Trump. Now, uh, he said uh, to people out there, maybe to cure corona, maybe you should take shots of Play. bleach. Is that what he said, Yee? Play the clip. He didn't say it. Play the clip. <laughs> Play the clip. They've seen a spike in people uh, using disinfectant after your comments last week. I know you said they were sarcastic. I, I can't imagine take, why. I can't imagine why. Yeah. Take any responsibility? No, I don't. No, I die? can't imagine. I can't imagine that. Yeah, go ahead, please. <sighs> yeah. Something that they're looking into. Correct. Possibly uh, injecting disinfectant. Something that people that, that, that maybe his, his team should look into. Right. Didn't so say, he didn't say to do it. Just said something the team is looking into. Okay, so 800-585-1051. We're asking how much blame should the president have? I'm thinking 75, 80%. That's that's me, honestly. Now, Charlemagne said people are stupid, and and if, if you listen to him... Oh, no, 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 no. People are stupid. No. Let's be clear about that. He's the president. He is so the what? president, and people believe what the president say. It's no, kind of no. like... It's kind of like, remember, uh, what, what was that? Hi hydrochloroquine? When you bought that? That's a medication. But why did you buy difference. it? Why did you buy it? Because it's a medication. But why? Because he said that it possibly works, correct? Yeah, but it's a medication. That's a huge <laughs> difference between telling somebody to take a medication and telling somebody to inject disinfectant. Common sense lets me know since day one, because I can read. If you read any Lysol, if you read any Clorox, any type of disinfectant, it says, do not ingest this. Do not drink this. Do not take this in. Like, that's common sense. I'm not listening to anything the president says until we get a, a second opinion, a third opinion, and a fourth opinion. There's no way in hell he says it. But since he is the president, just you like when he, he told you to stay your ass home a few weeks ago. And I, I was staying my ass home before he said it. When he said, oh, no, it's something like, no, you don't have to wear a mask. I was wearing a mask and staying home before him. I definitely wasn't well, listening to the president. And I think what the big issue here is, and this is what's been happening all along, we should be listening to the medical experts and not to the president when it comes to what you should <clears throat> be taking. And Donald Trump's been putting it upon himself to have these press conferences where he's heading them up every day and telling people what they need to be doing. And sometimes hey. people are actually listening to that. And sometimes you get information third hand. Like you get the, I heard this, or I heard you should try this. And some people are really dealing with coronavirus having tested positive and they're concerned they're scared they're willing to do whatever it is that they have to do to try to get better because it is a scary thing some people are really sick and they have family members they're concerned about so they're like look i don't know if this is going to work but i'll try it and that's why i give him 50 percent of the blame because he is a leader Nah, he's a leader, and leaders lead. You got, we got to give, we got to give adults. Adults got to hold themselves more accountable than, than just twenty percent because another adult told them to do something. If it was a child, yes, but when you're a grown ass human being, mm. man or woman, and you do something because somebody else tells you to do it, you got to take half the blame. It's a now, 50, now 50 blame. But it's not like some stranger on the street is telling you that too. By the way, I don't you care know, who is, it is. Now I'm still grown. The, let me ask you guys a question. And who do you listen to? Barack Obama says, hey, guys, we're uh, testing Clorox right now, and uh, it looks like it's uh, pretty I'm positive a, in the effects I'm, of I'm people. Gonna say, 
I'm going to say Barack Obama's out of his black-ass mind, and I want to see him and his family take shots of the bleach first before we do it, okay? Show me that it works on you, okay, because you're the leader. I don't give a damn who the president is. Who cares? If somebody tell you to drink bleach, you tell them you first. What if, okay. Dr. Fauci, what if Dr. Fauci said it? You first. Show me. Don't tell me, Dr. Fauci. Show improved by actions and deeds, not words and lip service. You are a leader. Show by example. Let me see. All right. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello. Who's this? Hi, Robert. Hey, Robert. Where you calling from, brother? Patterson, New Jersey, my friend. All right. Patterson, up, New Jersey. Now, we're asking, how much blame do you think the president has in, in encouraging people? Can I say encouraging? People to possibly try I don't, bleach I, I, I don't know if encouraging is the right word. Right, what's just the right putting word? that on the table. Just putting that on the table. Putting that out there as a, as a possibility. And people trying it. How, how much do you think uh president has blame on that? It's our fault as a society, if you allow me to finish. Like, you know, we we moved away from common sense as a people. We, we yes. allow media to control everything they do. Nobody has an independent thought. I remember yes. I would have gotten smacked in the head by my mom if I would have tried to drink bleach. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, yes. we easily can... I'm, I'm not, not saying that I'm a Trump supporter, but easily you can blame somebody else in the media for something which common sense should have dictated what you're doing. Absolutely. And that's it. I mean, and it, it is our fault as a society because we allow this and we don't give... Some of us don't give our children or young people critical thinking abilities, uh, the abilities to question, to use their common sense. Instead of doing that, we just allow the media, and no disrespect to different members of the media, but we allow the media to make every decision for them, and the yep. moment it's taken, it's gold. Okay. Well, so what would you say? What's the percentage? That, that was came straight What's from Donald percentage? Trump's mouth. It didn't come from the media. I mean, it's not just... Pardon, ma'am? What's no, the I'm saying that didn't come from the, the media. That came from Donald Trump's mouth. It wasn't that they put out a fake story. That's what Donald Trump said. Yes, ma'am, but also remember where he came from. He came from the media. And like he became our president, he's, he's he came from there. He's a part of it. Everybody's a part of it. Anybody that's watching the TV or anything of the sort. And all I'm saying so is you, that we have to take responsibility. We as a people, our generation is coming up. Critically think. Don't take everything as gold. That's a fact. So what do you think the percentage is? If you had to give a percentage, what do you think? How much how much blame should he get? It's spread out. I'll give it fifteen percent, but then it's spread to all of us for not questioning. Fifteen. Not, that's all. That's the only you gonna blame him. Fifteen percent. Mm. It's because it's it's larger than that. It's not just. It's something that I agree with you. To our generation. All right, I agree well, with you. I you, still sir. say fit. I still say fifty-fifty, but I can see why he would put it on eighty-five percent of the population because you have to use common sense. You know not to drink bleach. I know that, but a lot of people don't know. They might say, you know what? I I was told this all my life, but maybe the president knows something and people are dying. So let me just get a little shot. Well, that's your dumbass. 800-585-1051. How much, what percentage should the president be blamed for this? Let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. I know it, man. I know it, Call me. Add your opinion to The Breakfast Club top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking about the president. And, well, let's just, just play the audio. They've seen a spike in people uh, using disinfectant after your comments last week. I know you said they were sarcastic. I, I can't but imagine why. I can't imagine why, yeah. 
take any responsibility? No, I don't. No, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. Yeah, go ahead, please. So we're asking 800-585-1051. Let's talk about the percentage of, of blame should the president have with this. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is Jason. Jason, what's going on, brother? Hey, man. Good morning, Breakfast Club. Um, good morning. Good morning. What's up, King? Yeah, good morning, for, um, King Charlemagne. First thing, Charlemagne, I want to say... I, 60%. That's, that's, that's my number. I say he should take 60% responsibility. And then okay. the second thing I got to say is envy. You need to fall back because, first of all, you sound like you you picking up for the people that's taking the bleach or want to take the bleach. Or, like, envy, don't, you sound like you picking up for them. Don't pick up for them. That's totally stupid. It is stupid. It is stupid. And they, like... But you said you're picking up for them. Every, every, you said 60%. 60% know. is kind of leaning them towards the president. You said no, 60. Not. They, they, yes. they, they, I'm not even going to lie. Whoever does oh that. Oh, my God. Stop. Stop politically correct. They are, though. I just think we're just in an in a, in a era right now, in a pandemic where people are scared to death. Man, it's I don't want to hear that. That's like that's drinking bleach. It's not like a. It's not like the the medication that he told people to take. It's drinking. But we bleach. don't even common know what sense. that medication is or what's in it. Like you can't just take any random medication. I think common sense would tell people that too. Well, people have done their research. It's a malaria drug. Uh, Envy knows somebody that actually took it and it worked for them. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, just it like prescribed by a doctor. But it's to, it's a totally it's different when it's a medication as opposed to Clorox, Lysol, Pine Sol. Come on, guys. Come on, man. All right. Well, 800-585-1051. We're talking what percentage of people do you think the president uh, should be for blame? Let's go to another caller. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Tierra. I'm out of Atlanta, Georgia. Hey, Tierra. Good morning. How much blame do you think the president should have? Well, I will say this. I'm a nurse. I work in the ICU. And um, we're not really considering a population of people uh, with cognitive and mental health disabilities that may have taken his word verbatim. It really went experimented. So I originally said 50-50 because for somebody like me and you, functioning citizens, that doesn't make much sense, right? But there are some people who have schizophrenia, bipolar, and are just not there, who probably took his word for verbatim. So I say he deserves like 100% now. See? Jesus Christ, 100? You can't, he, how can he have 100% when you just admitted that there's people out there who have common sense, good sense? We ain't talking about the, the, those amongst us who don't have, you know, all of their cognitive functions. The ones that have all of their cognitive functions, if they're doing it, come on now. He's the leader of the country. He should, he's responsible for every indiv individual in our country. Or you wouldn't have elected him or the majority wouldn't have elected him. So we need to hold him responsible. It was very irresponsible. See? I think they said something about 30 people in New go. York ingested something overnight. I mean, I would be curious to see who those people are and what their background is. We got True. Him. He's a figure. He's a public figure. At the end of the day, he's a public figure. It was irresponsible. And what hospital do you work at, ma'am? Uh, I work at Atlanta Medical, downtown Atlanta Medical. I will say this. What's that? Every patient that I've taken care of has been positive for COVID. It's been black. They've been wow. the elderly. Um, they have been black. I have, I'm not saying that um, patients haven't been tested positive from other ethnicities, but everybody I've taken care of, and I work in downtown Atlanta, I work with these communities, the impoverished, the underserved, everybody I've taken care of thus far over the last 40 days that has been tested positive for COVID is black. So I do think we need to take that in consideration overall for this pandemic. Because it's been hard for me, too. You know, it's, it's been rough right. for all of us. But do you think they should open up Atlanta? Do you, do you think they're too early with opening up Atlanta? I need my personal. I need my hair and nails done. But no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my God! So we really need to take this in consideration. Um, and, um, and it is Atlanta, so we're we're a big black community. So yeah, I think we should have gone much slower, much slower. Can, can I can I ask you a question, my sister? Let me ask you a question, my sister. You go to the nail salon, you go get your hair done, your nails done, you contract coronavirus. Is that Governor Kemp's fault? Um, no, but I will say this. A lot of people, a lot of us already have it already, right? I've been exposed to it long before um, the pandemic had happened, before we actually started taking statistics of it. So I, it is resp irresponsible for me to go out in public knowing that I could be a carrier because I'm around it every day just so I could get my hair and nails done. So with that perspective, yes, we, we, we're very aggressive out here in Georgia, very aggressive. But mm. I do have, you know, my personal bias, and so I'm like, Hey, I'm going to wear a mask and I'm going to get my <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for checking in. Well, what's the moral of the story? I've been telling people all day long, if you find a blue Sour Patch kit, it will definitely pre prevent uh, Corona, corona uh, whatever, COVID-19. Why are you telling people that? Because that's yeah, the truth. I don't understand that. I'm just telling people that. You if y'all take bleach, y'all can eat a blue Sour Patch kit. It's the same. It, 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 it'll save you. I don't know what the hell Envy's talking about right now, but I, uh, <laughs> the, the moral of the story for me is, you know, I give him 50-50 blame because he's a leader, and leaders should lead by actions and deeds, uh, and, and he did say it. He floated the idea out there, but if you got good sense, if you know better, if you can read warnings on the disinfectant that says do not inject, and you inject, that's on your dumb ass. Let me ask that's you a, a question. You said this before. You believe that a lot of people that voted for Donald Trump don't have good sense, correct? Yes or no? They are stupid, yes. Okay, so now those same people that you just called stupid, now he just told them to take Clorox. Do you think they will do it or not? Um, I hope so. We, need to, <laughs> See, I can't, we don't want I them can't. to show up in November. <laughs> we don't want them to show up in November. Yeah, we got rumors so. on the way. I can't mess with this guy. You don't hope so? <laughs> not that they no, definitely. I, I do not hope that anybody takes bleach at all. I didn't say nothing about dying. You, I didn't say nothing about dying. I do, I do not hope that anyone ingests bleach. Jeez. All right, well, we got rumors on the way? Yes, and we are going to talk about this talk show host who is ready to date again. She's single and ready to mingle. All right. We'll get to it next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yes, indeed. Great conversation uh, we just had about... Uh, how much responsibility should the president have for his disinfectant comments? And Angelique, yes. you said somebody said something about rap music? What did um, you say? Hold on. Somebody said in the comments, but society blames the murder rate on rap lyrics, school shootings on video games and movies, yet somehow the president shouldn't be held responsible for his rhetoric? Nobody said the president shouldn't be held responsible. The president should, be, should held be held halfway responsible. responsible. The same way you wouldn't give all the credit to rap music. Same way you wouldn't well, give all the credit to Well, he said 70%. Video yes, games. He, said he, he said he agrees with 70%. 70? It's not a bad number. Mm -hmm. I'm mad at 70. Mm. All right. I'm mad well, at 70. Happy birthday to uh, DJ Pro Style. Today is Pro Style's birthday. So uh, happy, happy birthday, Pro Style. Birthday to DJ Pro Style. Drop one of Clues Bombs for DJ Pro Style. I wasn't going to say the Dominican sensation, but I don't really know what Pro Style is anymore. What is Pro Style? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Pro Style, you got to pick know. a side. You Dominican, you Puerto Rican, you Greek. What are you, Pro? Drum, I don't, you don't know. know. You have a directory, right? You have right. a directory. No, I don't know what pro, everybody's pro nationality directory. is, man. No, I don't know how the, I don't know everybody's nationality. I think he's uh he's Dominican, I think, right? See, the fact that we have to say we think, we don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, we got room. Happy, happy 51st born day, pro. And he's Dominican. <laughs> he is Dominican. All right. Well, we got rumors on the way, Yee. What are we talking about? 
Yes, we are going to be talking about sports. You know, a lot of us are looking forward to sports coming back. But in the meantime, I have some fun things going on for you. All right, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is The Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On The Breakfast Club. So listen up. Yes, so Nene Leakes is responding to people saying that the reason why she won't publicly speak on what's going on with her and Wendy Williams during the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion is because of an agreement they have. Here's what she said. I don't have a strategic relationship with her. She wanted us to get into a better place. We met up, we talked. I told her if we ever had any other issue that I would not go on a public platform and speak about it. She told me if we ever had any other issue that she would personally call me and text me herself. She would not go publicly talking about anything. Now, why she didn't hold her end of the bargain up, I do not know. So I don't even know why I need to sit here on Real Housewives and talk about why I did not go public with me and Wendy's relationship. That has nothing to do with the show. All right, it had nothing to do with the show at all. Now, according to Wendy Williams, on a whole different note, she is excited to date, but she might not want to date somebody that asked her to go out right now during this coronavirus pandemic. Here's what she said. I want to date. This man called me for a date over the weekend, okay? He was like, I'm in your neighborhood. I'm on my way to your house. I'm with my driver. He said, I've got a really nice present for you. I know you'll love it. We'll go out for crab, good steak, and cigars. I text him back. I'm like, no, I'm happily quarantining. Bye. And the idea that he had this idea during heavy quarantine makes me not even want to go out with him after quarantine. I'm kind of confused. Because everything is closed. You can't go anywhere and eat. Like, where were they going to get crabs and steak? They can't eat outside. They can't eat in the that man might have EBT caught. He might have EBT, and he went into the grocery True. store and got him some shrimps True. and some crab legs and some steak. You know what I'm saying? He might be cooking. He might be bringing it to the house to cook up at the house. Mm. Or maybe he has a private jet, and they're going to fly out to Atlanta and go to a restaurant there. Mm. Maybe. Okay. All right. I, I was thinking, I was thinking I, EBT caught. I think I he was pulling up with the groceries. I, I could understand questioning somebody's judgment, though, if they're asking you to do something right now and we don't even know each other like that and, you know, we're not going on a date right now. Come on. All right, I want to give a rest in peace to uh, Sebastian Telfair's mother and brother. Uh, they both died after coronavirus battles. So Sebastian Damn. Telfair was on The Breakfast Club, right, recently, and she was six, the mother was 64 years old, Erica Damn. Telfair. She died early yesterday after battling coronavirus. And then her passing came after uh, Sebastian's older brother, Dan Turner, died March 28th from coronavirus. So we Damn. need to send our condolences to Sebastian Telfair's uh, family. He's also Stefan Marbury's cousin as well. Is he is he Less is he locked peace. up or is he out? I, I wasn't sure if, they, if he had to turn himself in yet. I think he's still out right now. He did turn himself in and then he was released. He has okay. an ongoing situation. So um, he's out. Yes, he's out right now and he's on okay. house arrest. All right. Damn. Well, so condolences we to his family, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now let's talk about some more sports things. We all have been watching the Michael Jordan special. And one thing that was uh, talked about was his relationship with Carmen Electra. Well, now Carmen Electra is talking about some things that her and Dennis Rodman did. And according to Carmen Electra, they had sex all over the Bulls practice facility. She said one day when the Bulls had an off day from practicing, Dennis told her he had a surprise. 
He blindfolded me. We got on his motorcycle. When we finally take my blindfold off, we're standing at the Bulls practice facility center court. It was crazy like two kids in a candy store. We were eating popsicles from the fridge and having sex all over the damn place in the physical therapy room and the weight room, obviously on the court. To be honest, I don't think he's ever worked out so hard in his life. Dropping the clues bombs for goddamn Dennis Rodman. Man. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I saw I saw somebody yesterday trending on Twitter. His name is Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons has been on the Breakfast Club. I've been on Bill's podcast. Bill, that was one of the dumbest statements you ever made in your life. Bill Simmons said there is absolutely nothing interesting about Dennis Rodman, and there what? has what? never been anything interesting about Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman is only probably the most interesting player ever to play in the NBA, ever to play in probably any sport. And that right there, having sex with Carmen Electra all throughout the Bulls facility, that adds to his interesting legend, Bill Simmons. Watch your goddamn mouth, Bill. Come on, He's, Bill. he's definitely know. interesting. And did he did he um, date Tony Braxton? Did I see that too? Tony, Bra- Tony Braxton said Fox? no. She said no. They were at the VMAs together. They were not dating. Yeah, he was picking According up and twirling Braxton. her around. When you when All you right, make now, comments like Dennis Rodman's not interesting, you just trolling. That Bill Simmons, you did the white version of trolling. That was vanilla trolling. Okay. All right, Aaron Bill Gordon has put out a Dwayne Wade diss track. It's called 9 Out of 10, and that's all because of the slam dunk contest. Dwayne Wade got a lot of backlash, and Aaron Gordon let it be known that he's not happy about the outcome of that contest, and here is the diss track uh, aimed at Dwayne Wade. Even Adam Silver told me I deserve the gold. Didn't get the trophy, but I got something to hold. Jesus. Forgive me, bro, I won't sell my soul. Big chillin', paint me as a villain. I jumped over the biggest dude in the building. God willing, the best and it nice still am. Your judgment gives me no fulfillment. I see you, young OG, I thought you saw the same in me. Legend in my city, promise I'ma make you believe. Yeah, he feels like those results were predetermined. So, uh, but I think the two of them are just joking, obviously. We got to get the NBA back going. These <laughs> is losing their goddamn mind. Please, please, please restart the NBA as soon as possible. What the hell? What was the point of that? I have no idea. I mean, it's, it's, the dunk contest was in February. It's April. You, if he was playing ball, he wouldn't be thinking about that. He's sitting around <laughs> bored. He probably watched the rerun of the dunk. Yep, he watched the rerun of the dunk contest. He was like, I got something for this D-Wade, man. And Start speaking of rocks. basketball, LaMelo, Lonzo, and LiAngelo Ball are planning to sign with Jay-Z's Rock Nation Sports. So they have it. been shopping for an agency. They spoke with several agents, and ultimately they went with Rock Nation. Okay. I love it. All right, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your Rumor Report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, uh, when we come back, Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? You know, uh, these antisocial distances, man. Audrey Whitlock. It's very hard to feel sorry for them when things happen to them because they're making a choice. They're bringing it on themselves. But we'll talk about it for after the hour. All right. We'll get to that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day does not discriminate. I might not have the song of the day, but I got the donkey that. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, <laughs> hit me with the heat. Uh, yes, it's the Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? Donkey of the Day for Tuesday, April 28th, goes to a woman named Audrey Whitlock. Now, who is Audrey Whitlock? First of all, she looks like a Karen. Okay, that's number one. Second of all, she's from North Carolina, and she is the organizer of a North Carolina group called Reopen NC. All right. Does anyone want to take a stab at why her organization is called Reopen NC at a time like this? Uh, If you guessed, it's a group of anti-social distances who want North Carolina to ease its coronavirus restrictions. You are correct. What is dumbasses for 500, Alex? 
Uh, I was actually on the Reopen NC Facebook page reading what they are about, uh, their mission statement. And it says they are a peaceful action group that was formed on April 7th, 2020. Two weeks later, the grassroots movement had grown to 68,000 North Carolina patriots. We stand for the Constitution. We are mostly business owners and employees that are losing income and denied our right to provide for our families. We have come together to demand action from our elected officials, end quote. You selfish bastards. We are mostly business owners and employees that are losing income. Never mind the fact people are getting sick and losing their lives. Never mind the fact folks are losing loved ones. You just mad because you're losing income. And the nerve to say you are being denied the right to provide for your family. People are being denied the right to see their family and their loved ones when they are in these hospitals dying of coronavirus. Not to mention, nobody is denying you your right to provide for your family. There is a global pandemic happening. A disease, COVID-19, the Rona, okay, Corona, whatever you want to call it. People are getting sick and dying, all right? Your elected officials are saving your stupid ass from yourself. People get upset when I say this, but sometimes you have to take away someone's power of choice simply because you know they will make the wrong decision. The reason they have to shut everything down is because of people like Audrey Whitlock, because regardless of all the news coverage, all the warning signs, no matter how many people get sick and die, if you leave it up to her, she will still go out. And that's why when you're a leader, you have to lead and make certain choices for those of us who don't make good choices. Same way you got to tell your two and three year old and four year old and five year old what to do because they're just young and they don't have the information yet. But for you adults that know better, but still don't do better, I got to goddamn hold your hand before you hurt yourself. So yes, shut down all non-essential businesses, please. Shut down all large groups and gatherings. Close the clubs, the churches. Everybody sit your ass down until we flatten this curve. Well, Audrey Whitlock and her hard-headed, selfish-ass friends that reopen NC have been fighting against it. All right. In fact, in fact, last week they had a demonstration in Raleigh demanding North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper speed up plans to lift the stay at home order, which is in effect, which is in effect until May 8th. Now, if I'm going to look at my phone, May 8th is goddamn May 8th is in like 10 days two, or something like that. Two weeks. Yep. Yeah. It's like it's like, come on. And, and organizers, I'm looking at this rally and I see it was more than 100 of y'all, mainly unmasked protesters, not social distancing at all. Have any of you ever stopped to think that y'all are the ones holding up progress? If you were social distancing, you would be helping to flatten the curve. The sooner the curve is flattened, the faster you get back to work. But instead, y'all clicking up, holding rallies of 100 people and probably spreading this disease even more. Okay, now the group is actually scheduled to hold their third rally today outside Raleigh's legislative building. Well, listen, Reopen NC. I don't know if you noticed, but your organizer, your Facebook administrator, Audrey Whitlock, who brought all of y'all together, she hasn't been able to attend any of those rallies. Would you like to know why? <laughs> well, let's go to WTBD ABC 11 for the report, please. An administrator for the Reopen NC Facebook page has confirmed she tested positive for COVID-19 and recently finished up her quarantine. According to Audrey Whitlock, she was asymptomatic and ended her 14-day quarantine yesterday. Now, Whitlock would not tell ABC 11 if she had been tested positive to determine if she still has the virus. It's also unclear whether Whitlock uh, attended last Tuesday's Reopen NC protest. When asked if she attended, Whitlock said she had no comment. Man, drop on the clues, bombs for God. And God know he got a, 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 a sense of humor. Boy, God will show you, won't he? 
Life is really a spoof directed by the Wayans brothers, Neil Brennan, Dave Chappelle, and Aaron Magruder. This is a scene from an episode of Boondocks. A bunch of anti-social distances protesting in North Carolina, demanding they open the state back up. Their organizer, head administrator of their Facebook group, contracts coronavirus. Meanwhile, all y'all reopen NC members going to show up today in a large group, no masks, no social distancing, probably hugging, shaking hands, spreading the disease that's keeping y'all from working and enjoying your freedom. Now, Audrey posted uh, as an asymptomatic COVID-19 positive patient. Another concern I have is the treatment of COVID patients as it relates to other communicable diseases. Okay, I've been forced to quarantine in my home for two weeks. Oh. Now you see what they're going through, huh, Audrey? Yeah, that's what happens when you have coronavirus. Trust me, though, being quarantined in your house for two weeks is way better than fighting for your life on a ventilator and dying alone in a hospital. All right. Audrey, clearly you are the type to take a shot of Lysol to kill Corona because your president told you to. So let me tell you the message God is trying to tell you because you're going to miss it. Okay, you are an organizer. An administrator on Facebook, you form this group. Uh, on April 7th, two weeks later, you had 68,000 people join. Y'all protested, had 100 folks at the rallies. That means that you have the ability to bring people together. People listen to you. You're able to organize. So God is using you as a vessel to go tell those reopen NC folks to sit their dumbasses down. Yes, we all want to get back to work. Nobody is being denied their right to provide. These are just circumstances that are out of our control. And the only way to regain some type of control is to sit your stupid ass down and let's flatten this curve. The longer you out, the longer we got to be in. It's just that simple. Not to mention when people like this get sick, when people like this die, it's hard to feel sorry for them. Now, we talked about this with the president uh, last hour. You know what I'm saying? Audrey got corona. How much of her catching Corona is on her? What's the percentage you think, Envy? Huh? How much percentage would you give her? Uh, I don't know. Uh, 40%? 50%? 40-50? Yee, what about you? How much percentage would you give this, this young lady? Uh, I would say 80%. 80%. 80% her fault? Mm-hmm. Okay. I agree. Uh, please give Audrey Whitlock... This week. Do I want to give her... Let me think one. You know what? Let Chelsea Handler give Audrey Whitlock uh, the biggest hee-haw. That is way too much Dan Mayonnaise. I was going to play a game of guess what race it is, but I don't feel like it. Plus, I said she looked like a Karen earlier, so that gave it away. Yeah, I was ready for this one. I ain't go front. Yeah, but I said she looked like a Karen, so that kind of gave it away. I had the clue, yeah. I was waiting yeah. for that one. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Yes, and you got to know when God is using you. God is clearly using her to deliver a message to those people that she organized to let them know we need to take this serious, sit our ass down, flatten this curve. Because like I said, the longer they out, the longer we got to be in. All right. Now, when we come back, Michael Arsenal will be joining us. We'll kick it with Michael Arsenal. He's an author. And uh, we'll kick it with him when we come back. All right. Don't move. Yeah, he, has a, he has a book out right now called I Don't Want to Die Poor. And he uh, wrote the book. I don't I can't date Jesus. And that's being developed into a TV show with Gerard Carmichael. That's right. And we'll talk to him when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest now, Michael Arsenal. Welcome, sir. Thank y'all for having me in a pandemic. <laughs> happy yeah, belated, happy belated, happy belated Bond Day, too, Michael. I appreciate that. You How still you got been your rest in down this space, during I this think. <laughs> Pandemic. Um, I was going to say pandemic. Pandemic. What the <laughs> f- 
Oh, oh, wait a minute, Michael. Michael, before you move on, I need to know what the <laughs> f is a paradigmic, and I need to know right now. What is a paradigm? It's a paradigm, it's a paradigm and a <laughs> pandemic mixed together. Jesus Christ. You the asshole, man. You, you, Charlamagne. So we're asking to... It's about compassion. I usually let people make it. Um, I would say releasing <laughs> a book in a pandemic ain't the move, but um, there are bigger things to complain about if, if you got I don't want to die poor. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, it just depends on the day. Like this morning, I was smoking weed listening to Karen Clark Shears. Am I even saved like that? Not really. <laughs> But I <laughs> now, I was saying this is a perfect time for I Don't Want to Die Poor to come out because right now a lot of us are thinking about things like, you know, your student loan debt is something that is yes. uh, talked about in this book because that's a crippling thing for so many people. Yeah, a lot. It's, the book is timely, but it was timely before this, which is why this is so much more painful for everybody else. Like, you know, I write about student loan debt, but I also write about how hard it is to have access to health insurance. Like, honestly, the uncle that I referenced in the title chapter he died in the fall. He had cancer, but my uncle didn't have insurance, and that killed him more mm. than anything else. And the fact that I'm right. in Harlem right now, New York Times bestseller and all, I mentioned I made the list the same week but lost my health insurance. And I have it back mm. now, but it ain't great. So if I caught the coronavirus right now, I am just susceptible as death to anybody else. So I try to, you know, <sighs> admit about struggle, but in a way that is I make fun of myself. I'm really honest about what it is. But it is hope. Like, I'm I'm kind of turning to Ayala in a way, I think. I'm trying to be Zen <laughs> Beloved. This is my way of being Zen, making peace with stuff I can't make with people. Making dearly peace Beloved. Is, yes, Dearly Beloved. But it's just like accepting the fact that I did the best I could when I took out those loans to go to college. I don't come <laughs> from, like, rich people. Even having access to middle-class black people was some shit I didn't think existed until I went to Howard. I thought they were, like, TV black folks. So a lot of us, particularly black college graduates, have private student loans, um, which is a smaller portion of the debt, but it's disproportionately impacting us because we don't have the means and the schools don't have as much resources. So I've been paying over like a thousand a month in loans for a really long time, and that's impacted every facet of my life. And so uh, a lot of people right now, I just know, are struggling and they're afraid. And this book is not going to help you get rich. I don't pretend that it will. <laughs> But I do think it'll help you feel heard, um, allow you to forgive yourself if you feel like you need to be forgiven in that way. Because, you know, being broke, it's like a ballad of a broke, but it really is kind of just realizing like it's hard. And most of us just really want to have social mobility. And that's so much more easier to attain than, it, than we're sold. Right. So I hope this really helps people. Let me ask you a question. You, know, you mentioned Howard University, and, and we talk about colleges mm -hmm. all the time. A lot of people mm -hmm. sometimes feel that, that college is not a necessity anymore, that it's, it's really an expense that doesn't necessarily yeah. pay off in, in, in a lot of professions. How do you feel about that? Because like you said, you started off in, in, in a hole. I think that honestly depends on the person and what they want to do in life. And not necessarily what they want to do in life. Like, if you don't get to live your dream, what can you do for a living that pays you a livable wage, gives you a quality of life that you're accustomed to for your family, wherever you're with, and that might not need, require college. And we need to have that kind of conversation because a lot of people can have bachelor's degrees and make so little money. Because when you look at the median income yeah. in this country, a lot of people aren't making money. And even people who make, mm -hmm. you can make $100,000 to be broke in this country because of the way debt is structured. I think more often than not, people think, I make this amount, therefore I'm okay. And this is a lot of really selfish kind of American mentality. But the reality is, more often than not, no matter how much you're making, you're probably being paid less than what you should be in this country unless you're part of the people taking advantage. 
So I'm trying to really help people change like that attitude. Like, I see people even still trying to stunt on Instagram in a pandemic. Right. And I'm like, I love my people, <laughs> but I'm like, my guy. Michael, I'm going to tell you something. I think your book is kind of prophetic, right? Because you've been working on this for a while. And I mean, sadly, a yeah. book like this would be timely at any point in America. But I mean, at right now, in this moment, it's OD timely. So you got to kind of yeah. embrace that, right? I'm embracing it. But, you know, honestly, last year, I hated writing this book because... I would say I thought I would even be in a different position in life, and I wasn't. And I was reminded, like a lot of people are now, the fragility of our situations and how sometimes no matter how hard we work, no matter how much we do, our fate isn't always in our control. Like the reality is right now, a racist game show host is in control of a lot of our fate. Um, That's right. Last year, I had to make peace with a lot of people dying on me. Um, me not even want to live sometimes and struggle with my own depression, which is exacerbated by like financial woes. So I, I will say I'm really glad that I finished the book. And I think also you hear so much about millennials, but in the context of like we're ruining the economy because we're not buying houses or we let rank chain restaurants go down. I'm like, bitch, because we ain't got no money. <laughs> I also think it's knowledge too. I think it's knowledge too. I think the, the problem is, is, is like, you know, even looking at my parents is they don't know how to invest. They never learned how to invest. Uh, for myself, I have to figure it out on my own. And there's a couple, a lot of L's that I take. So I think we have to start teaching each other how to do things to make sure that we can survive. I will say if I am so fortunate to be in any of y'all tax brackets, I will ask y'all about that. Because right now I'm just like, please don't let people say that's the dumb is all the way up because I'm about to pay off <laughs> and maybe one of these loans. <laughs> you talk about that in the book. You talk about how people will be like, well, why didn't you do this? And you're like, man, I was 17, 18 years old. I had no idea the difference in the kind of student loans that I was getting. And then you're thinking like, okay, you said one of the main things when you were feeling like, you know, ending everything and you can't take it anymore. I don't want my mom to have to pay my student loan debt. And yeah, that's a real um, thing, like, to have to even uh, think like that. As one of the, So the original essay that the book was um, in the New York Times, the title was originally about I can't, I, could, I wouldn't kill myself because my mom would be on the hook. And that's the reality of, like, private loans because, like, this 2003 bankruptcy bill that um, George Bush was responsible for, but Biden played a role in and he must atone for. I see his language on student loan debt cancellation has changed, so that's good. But... Um, with I Can't Date Jesus, which, again, I am grateful that everybody supported. I got $15,000 for that. Um, I'm grateful for what I wow. got. Mm. And I was struggling. I was struggling to pay my rent. If not for people helping me, I might have got a New York Times bestseller and not had an apartment. Because I didn't want to default on my loans because of the responsibility I felt to my mother. Fortunately, I think I would have avoided such fate. But the fact that I even had to think about that. That doesn't react to the fact that if I were white, and again, I'm grateful to my publisher, it's not a, I get it, but I know for a fact certain white people who either on paper, the same level as me, if not below, got more money than me based on the presumption that because they're white, they're more commercial. There's nothing mm. I can ever change in my life about the fact that people think because I'm black and gay that people won't care as much. I have to deal with that burden every day, which is why I'm grateful to be in this space to talk about it. But no matter debt I have will count the fact that, like, I'm going to be starting from behind on just on that front. Like, I took that deal because I felt if I got I Can't Date Jesus out and people actually got to access it, it will do well. But I shouldn't uh, have to bear that burden. All right, we got more with Michael Arsenal. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Michael. Ar we're still kicking it with Michael Arsenal. 
Yee. You also talked about reality television, right? And yes. potentially Thank being God on a reality TV show and getting paid so little as a black gay man compared to what other people were getting to be on reality TV because people feel like it doesn't have the market for something like that. So that kind of yeah. goes in line with your book deal. I do reference the show on YouTube. It's called Chasing Atlanta, Chasing Dallas. Mm -hmm. They're so funny because so many people copy black gay men on these shows but they're not on any of these networks. I'm like, mm -hmm. put them on Zeus or something. Like, you know. Right. But you're right. Uh, yeah, reality was not for me. I'm, I'm glad I didn't go down that path. Oh, I want to have a black person conversation right now, though, because <laughs> what you said was very interesting. Okay. No, seriously. Uh -oh. The first time, the first person who ever uh, offered me a book deal, it was it was a number. I, I don't know. I don't think it was 15. It might have been like 25, something like that. And then somebody else hit me to the game, and he was like, hell no. $25,000. And so that's when somebody went and we shopped the book deal around and went to like four different publishers and I ended up getting, you know, a nice six-figure book deal. But I think for Michael, he doesn't have a national morning show every single morning. And I think that book publishers look at things like that, that you have a platform to promote on every single day. I think the number that I should have gotten based on conversations I had with other people, it didn't happen. I accepted it. Also, I will say this. A lot of people were interested in me, but they wanted me to write my book a very different way. And I think the way that I wanted to tell my story was very specific. And sometimes there is a consequence with that, and it's that people don't have as much faith in your vision, so you accept this. Right. But to your point, Charlemagne, I definitely talk to black folks. I, in fact, I want to, like, Samantha Irby, Janet Mock, I'm really good friends with her. They are very honest with me about dollar amounts and what I should be accepting. So yes. when I went into this with the second book, I already had a number in mind what I would not settle under for, and I got exactly what I felt I deserved and did not allow myself to be played. I still think, to your point, it, it could have went a different way the first time, but I would say even with that, I'm very grateful in that I knew if I were fortunate to make the list even just a week, when people shop their nonfiction proposals, that makes it easier for them to get better book deals because usually in a nonfiction proposal, you have to list other books that are like on the market that might be like yours, but how you're different. So when I first tried to get a book deal, I had people like Helena Andrews, who I love, um, love Ta-Nehisi's first book. I was told at the time to take those books off. This is several years ago. But when I say like black authors weren't really getting book deals, it was a drop here for a while unless you were really famous. But I am glad that people are now getting better deals because of folks like me, because of folks like Darnell Moore, because of Samantha Irby and Janet Mars, because of folks like you. I appreciate you. And the reason I appreciate you is because you're real about the number. And what you said when you said you talked to Janet Mock and um, the, the other woman, it's like you have to have these real conversations about numbers because lie. So you'd be yes. talking to a and he'd be like, I got $4 million for my book deal. And you'd be like, what? So now that's what, that's what you're expecting. Right. When that's some bullshit. You ain't getting no $4 million for no first book deal. There's literally one in particular who I felt was just trying, it was like a kind of a dick slinging comment, and, and he was all in my, and I was like, I don't give a f This is not helpful to me. So I was, as, I know who you're talking about. You should, who you, you talking should about? look at people as like competition. Say it. You should just, I'm not saying. But you know, so, it's just like the record labels, though. You know, like when, you when you get a deal, when you're an artist and you get a deal and you're an unsigned artist, yeah. you don't know what, what you should be getting. When they throw that first yeah. number at you, and like you said, you have student loans, you have bills that need to be paid. A lot of times, artists take that money, and then when they realize after that first album's up, like, damn, I f***ed up. I shouldn't have took that deal. That happens a lot. Well, congratulations Hello. on this, um, on your yep. best New York Times best-selling book, I Can't Date Jesus, becoming a, a series, right? We've seen uh, that that's been picked up for a series with Gerard Carmichael. 
and Lee Daniels. Daniels and 20th Century Fox. I am um, really excited. TV moves very slow, and I don't want to speak too much, and you know, but I'm really excited about that. You have to salute guys like Lee Daniels and Gerard Carmichael because we talk about, Absolutely. you know, creating space, right? Like, like would they have, Absolutely. who else would recognize a black gay man other than a black gay man? You know what I mean? I had really good conversations um, with the both of them. Um, and in some cases, it's interesting for me because I function as a critic before a lot of this. So what's been interesting about this process for both folks is that I meet folks and I have to tell them, like, yo, this is a nice meeting, but I ain't no fake-ass bitch. So let me know exactly what I said about you. <laughs> this year for this reason. And then if you need it, I can pull it out right now. And if we good, we good. If you feel the way about it, I understand. I think wow. most people, you know, respect it. What so, about your rap career, Michael? Can we find some music online or what's going on with that? Can, can, you rap? Put me in the, no. I just want to rap. I just want to rap so bad. I just you got really, some balls? <laughs> Spit tell them the name of your mix tell them the name of your mixtape. Tell them the name of your mixtape, Michael. Oh, huh? Cognac and Selexa. That's a shout out to Brown, all my elders, and the antidepressant I used to use. It's rough out here, mental health. Get you on. got a dope rap name. Because cause, cause Arsenal sound like Arsenal. Or yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah, it's like you burn shit down. That is, that is one of the many ways people say it. That or Arsenio, because it was like 1990, um, too. Let's hear something. You got a couple of bars. I know you got something to that's, stash. Nah, nah, that, that's a setup, and that's how you be embarrassed when you borrow because they go on my text message. <laughs> Last thing I wanted to talk about was, this was something we discussed with Boosie, right? I don't know if you saw our Boosie interview, no. but we did talk about people uh, selling pictures of their feet online for those people who have foot fetishes, and that's something you discuss as a way to make money in the book also. Um... You what's know, I don't. The, I, I can't. I, I can't be in business for that right now. I admit that in the book. Um, the days of the pretty toes. We, you know, after this pandemic ends, if I can ever go back outside, we're gonna work on that. And then, if worse come to worse, I'll sell some foot pictures. I support people that do OnlyFans in the book. I support the sex worker. It's rough out here. <laughs> oh my God. Is, is that really sex work though? Your feet? No. It's like a. Fe it's more fetish. It's fetish. Okay, I support sex work. I support people that want to do pornography or whatever they want to call that. I support people how to make their money safely and responsibly. The people judge folks that do only fans, but I'm like, you like porn. What's the strangest True. thing you've done for some change? Goodness gracious, she. Um, I was going to actually come back with a progress report about that, but I don't have any progress. But in my defense, it's because of the pandemic. That's not my fault. I would kind of say... Can y'all still can y'all stop trying to have sex during a pandemic? It's a wow. new gentrified building across the street, and white men have never paid me any mind. Then all of a sudden, somebody throwing it at me. I was like, "That's a setup." Right. You trying to get me to so, take me out before I finally pay off my loan? Nope. <laughs> well, y'all can talk online. Goodness gracious! I ain't talking online. That's a setup. If you trying to do something during a pandemic, you're not serious. You're not trying to get none of that corona. <laughs> you don't want none of that corona. Michael, goodness gracious! Uh, uh, did, you, did you just assume I was a bottom? That's no better. Um. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> no. Yeah, he ain't doing. I didn't say nothing about bottoms. Like he's still. How do we get here? How do we get here? We were talking about this book. How do we get here? Because Michael still gracious. don't suck. He don't suck, and that's part yeah. of the problem. I always felt like that. Goodness gracious! For the, for the record, when the pandemic is over. I am going to suck a very nice dick, and I'm going to text you and let you know how I went. In the meanwhile, Thank you. I don't want to die poor, so I don't have to do that for money. I don't want to die poor. <laughs> Michael Arsenal, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. We My guy, you, Michael. Michael. I appreciate y'all. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, bro.
All right, well, shout out to Michael Arsenal for joining us. Now, don't move. When we come back, we got the rumors. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yes, a new versus challenge is coming on Thursday. And this is going to be 3-6 Mafia versus Bone Thugs and Harmony. Who you got? Is this a real versus? Or is, is this, this real? Like, or? Is this Swiss and Timberland endorsed? Maybe not, but it's a, it's, it's you know. 3-6 <laughs> Mafia um, versus Bone Thugs. That's a good one. I don't want that one, and I and I, I and and I was I, I like both of those groups. I was never a big Why Bone not? Thugs fan growing up. I wasn't. I wasn't a big Bone Thugs fan. My, my, I got a lot you know of partners. I mean, my homeboy. Why don't you want it? Why don't you want it? I think that's gonna because, be a good because because I've because I've never sat around in the history of life and said, yo, you know who's the better group between Three Six Mafia and Bone Thugs? Like some of these battles got to have some type of like. Like, you know how we sit around in the hood back in the day, whether you're in the barbershop or you at school, and there's certain groups you argue about. I've never right. argued about Three Six and Bone Thugs. Like, that's just two totally different styles. I guess you're just going, it's like a, a sound clash, I guess. But for me, you know personally, 3-6 Mafia. Yeah, I mean. That's what I, I grew up I, on. I, I don't know. I mean, I I, I kind of grew up in the middle between both of them. But it's like after you see Babyface and after you see Teddy Riley, it's like you need something greater. Like those should have been. Wait a minute. But, but, but. What? We, we These act, are legendary we acting like, groups now. They are legendary they are. groups. But we don't know if this is a versus or not. Right. No, it's not a versus. Right. It's not no. a versus. It's not a okay. versus. Oh, okay. But it is It is okay. going to be a good battle, and I think it'll be educational for people as well. I'm a 3-6 Mafia fan all day. For me, for me, that's not even close. I just I wasn't a Bone fan growing up. I respect Bone and everything that they've done, oh, but I'm a 3-6 Mafia man. guy. 3-6 Mafia, okay? When I say weak ass, you say weak ass, weak ass. What you going to do when, 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 when suck it or something come on? They're going to play the Bone and Biggie. They got Bone and Pop. They got first of the month. They got a lot of yeah, joints, too, now. Man, tear the club up. Suck it All right. or something. Okay, what? Slob on my knob. Like corn on the cop. <laughs> I'm going to human resources. That's two things you just told me. You just invited hey. me to your, your genitals. Hey. Then you got the crossroads. Hey. Like, they got Brothers, a lot of joints, too. Man, stop. Stop. I love All right, I, see, now y'all cool. already talking about this, so maybe you guys should tune in. All right, Morning, now let's talk about Floyd, May Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is still hurting from a lot of death that's surrounded him and his family recently, but he is going to be helping with coronavirus. He's not going to tell you the amount of money that he's giving because he wants to keep that private, which you have every right to do. If you decide uh -huh. to donate, you do not have to be public about it. Uh, but here's what he had to say about just dealing with a lot lately. Because I've been dealing with a lot, you know, as far as dealing with the loss of the mother of my children and um, dealing with a great trainer, an uncle, a father figure, Roger Mayweather. I'm affected by this. With everything going on, I'm gonna continue to, to do my part. I don't have to show the world what I'm doing. And the money that I will be giving up will be to feed the people and help the people that don't have a lot. I will continue to give back and I will never talk about it. And I know that's something a lot of people have been talking about. You know, it is a lot that his children's mother passed away, uh, Josie Harris, and having to deal with his uncle passing, and then, mm -hmm. you know, his daughter going through a lot publicly. So I'm sure that is stressful for a person at this time. Mm -hmm. All right, now let's talk about other people doing good things. Kim Kardashian has accepted that all-in challenge that Michael Rubin's been doing with a lot of celebrities. And uh -huh. what she is allowing is a chance to win lunch at a top spot in L.A., for a winner and a guest with the Kardashian sisters. You also get a one-night hotel stay 
Now, this part I didn't like. Two round-trip coach airfare tickets. It should be first class, I feel like, um, for the winner and the guest to be included in the filming. From Kim Kardashian coach? Yeah, I feel like it should be first class, guys. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're paying and you're, you know, bidding on this, and I'm sure it's going to be a lot of money. I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. It should be private. You got two billionaires in the family. Okay, Kim got a lot of that. money. Your I husband's a billionaire. That. It should be private. It should be but an experience. First class. It's not just for the U.S. It, it, you just you can enter from anywhere, right? I thought about private yeah. too, but like let's say somebody got a, somebody wins from South Africa. You got to fly private okay. from South Africa, and they got it. It's all in challenge. Do something that people <laughs> can't do. Um, not, no, they got it. It should have said two first class domestic flights. Yeah, they could have said two first class domestic flights. But if it's domestic, right, anyway, I agree with Charlamagne. They could have flew. They could fly private. But yeah, I guess hey. what, whoever whoever wins this, right? Whoever bids on this is probably so much money. I guess they can even fly themselves if they wanted to. But I feel like it's part of the experience, guys. But anyway, oh. um, so it could that's be one, of them one ten, night the, hotel the stay, two round things, trip coach airfare tickets. Nah, coaching. And it. then you also are included in the filming of the upcoming season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. All right, now and I want James ringside. Chicago, and I want ringside seats to Courtney and Kim's next fight. That's what I All want. right, Dave Chappelle has helped raise more than $100,000 for comedians who have been affected by COVID-19. He actually took part in this benefit, and that was the Comedy Store Family Fund. He was a surprise guest. It was hosted by Neil Brennan. Donnell Rawlings was on there, Bill Burr, and a lot of other people as well. So Now, why is Donnell on there? He, he know he needs the money. Well, I guess he was helping raise money for other people and, and performing. There you Donnell go. getting some of that money. All right, and last but not least, Jason Mitchell from Straight Outta Compton and, of course, from The Shy. His recent arrest for drug and gun possession was a misunderstanding. We told you about this. There was ecstasy, marijuana, and guns in the vehicle, but he's saying that vehicle was a friend's rental car, so it wasn't his, basically. He better than me because I'd have been saying that at the scene. Okay, <laughs> we know. We know. I learned my I learned my lesson a long time ago. I'm not I'm not going to jail for if that's somebody else's car. By the way, I wouldn't have got in the car if they would have told me that they had guns and drugs in the car. I wouldn't have got know. in. He that's number know. one. I don't he know that he I, knew. And if I and if I didn't know, if I didn't know, I've been in that situation before. I didn't know, and something like that happened, and I didn't say nothing. And then when we got to the police station, the dude finally admitted it was his. No, if I didn't know, and that happens, I'm letting them know on the scene. That ain't mine, officer. Use the process of elimination. It's only two of us in this car. My goodness. It's not mine. All right. Well, thank you uh, for that rumor report. Let me just tell you, Yee, the Kardashian story, yeah, you can uh, enter for that sweepstakes for $10. That still don't mean I, that, that still don't mean I, I don't deserve more than the coach flight? I didn't say that. I just said because she said oh. it was going to be an, a very expensive investment. But I'm like, it, it, somebody get, for $10, you could get 10 entries. So somebody might win it that just tries for $10. So, yeah. Mm. Well, so, so good luck <laughs> you'll to You'll be flying coach. <laughs> yeah, you you will be flying, coach, and it's only domestic flights. She, they say only domestic flights. So, good luck. If you want more information, uh, did you just go, to... go bid on this, Envy. No, nah, I just looked. I looked at the information. Uh, okay. Fanatics.com if you need all the information. Oh, all right. I, I just want to say one more thing that happened. I don't know if y'all will care about this because you don't watch 90 Day Fiance. Oh but... my goodness. We had interviewed uh, Usman, a.k.a. Soulja Boy, from the show. And, you know, he's uh, with Lisa, baby girl Lisa, and she called me the C word. What do you mean? You know what the C word is? Yes. You can't say that over there, sir. She called who, she called who that? Me. <laughs> How did you Why take she it? Uh, she didn't like what he said about her in his interview, and I guess she said she feels like he was manipulated into saying things, and I don't know. That sounds yes. about right. That's your, that's your M.O. That's what I, I sound about right. I just asked a question. He answered it. All right. Well, that is I've your rumor report. I've never been called that before.
It's just weird because who uses that word ever, period? Nobody says that. Yeah, because it's a very disrespectful word, so people just don't like to say it. And the only reason that I thought of it just now, I was looking on Twitter, and somebody's name on here is the c conductor. You can't say that word. I just want to tell you guys. You can't say that word. There's going to be a lot of bleeping. Can I say uh, it's fourth and ten, so I think we better That's punt, not You know what? Oh, it is punt. Right. You know what? You guys are All right. When we come back, we got the People's Choice Mix. Don't go anywhere. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout to Michael Rubin for the all-in challenge. Now, I'm looking online at some of the things that they're giving away or some of the things that they are actually auctioning off. And they got a lot of dope things. Uh, Magic Johnson. You you could play with uh, Magic Johnson, play a game on horse with Magic Johnson. That's pretty dope. He got to let you win, though. No. I ain't going to let you win. I, um, (laughs) somebody called us yesterday about doing the all-in challenge. Somebody, and I'm like. I said, you better make us $10. I said, I think y'all got it covered. Yeah, A-Rod, you can get batting you lessons could, from A-Rod. That's pretty dope. And we were talking about the Drake one that you could get. You get to fly on his private jet, Air Drake. You get to party with that? him in L.A. And then you Look get to go to his show and hang out with him also. This is and why Drake is better. This is why Drake in this current moment is better than Kanye. Because Kanye family is putting you on two commercial flights, two coach flights. Drake letting you fly on the private jet. See the difference? Yeah. And they both in, in, like, in entries are only ten dollars for both of them, so same difference. Look at this—you could get a walk-on role in a, a Martin Scorsese film with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. That's dope. That's dope. You're gonna be a waiter. You're gonna be a waiter. Whatever. That's a big deal. Still, they're gonna have they're gonna have you walking in waiting on them two white men. <laughs> that is that. They got a lot of good dope stuff. They got some dope to, stuff. You can go to St. Bart's and go to Eden and stay at Eden Rock. By the way, where all the money going? Uh, coronavirus relief, different charity foundations. Oh, so they okay, have a, okay, a few okay. different charities. Yeah. You I would do, love to um, do something for the healthcare workers, man. Like yeah, I feel like we all parents is dope too. We're all thanking these healthcare workers and we're all saluting these healthcare workers, but I don't feel like that's enough. I feel like I don't know what we should be doing. I don't know if we should be pressing the government to give them more money in the future. I don't know if we should be tipping them. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like. Something has to be done for healthcare workers in a real meaningful way. Meaningful, yeah. life-changing way for them. Because they're changing so many people's lives. I just feel like something, I don't know, I don't know what that would be. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about some things, too. Um, working well, they're with talking a, about a, a hazard pay already. Different things for, their, for, mm-hmm. people, for healthcare workers, cribs and homes. Just try to make their lives a lot easier. I mean, their life has something. been tough for the last eight to ten weeks. So just to make it you know, a little easier for them. Dramos, I know you're a huge Dennis Rodman fan. There's a riding style with Dennis Rodman in Miami. The bid starts at $5,000. One lucky fan, uh, he's going to take you on a, a Lamborghini hyperboat. Uh, then you go to lunch with him in Miami, ride in one of his Lamborghinis. Um, then go party with him. I think well, that's what you should do. Drama would rather do the style and ride, meaning he wants to get styled by Dennis Rodman and then mm. ridden by Dennis Rodman. And listen, right, Drama? Got you. Carmen Electra, I don't care what he styles me like. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Can, he, can, he okay. ride, can he ride you too? All right, you know what? Goodbye. <laughs> style and ride, Drama. I thought you got the ride part. Drama said anything. All right. Well, when we come back, we got the positive note. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to uh, Michael Arsenal for joining us today. Yes, my that's guy, my Michael guy. Arsenal. I love Michael. 
I love Michael Arsenault, and you got to read his book, I Don't Want to Die Poor. I saw some people were being, like, critical of the title of the book, but you have to read it to understand it because he was talking about just being, like, saddled with all this student loan debt that he's still dealing with, and a lot of people can relate to that. So, and it's a well, fair, so like, I... Mm-hmm. No, also, f- people, poor don't have to mean financial. When you say you don't want to die poor, man, you might not want to die, you know, in poor mental health. You might not want to die in poor emotional health, poor spiritual health. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might want to be rich in all of those areas. It would, be, it would suck to die, you know, as a piss poor person, unhappy, you know, with your life, unhappy because, you, you know, you're depressed, unhappy because, you know, you put out a lot of negative energy and negative energy came back to you. Like, you know, it's a lot of different ways to die poor. It's not just financial. Well, he was definitely talking about his student loans in the book because <laughs> it's just a lot of struggles that his life has kind of been going through because of that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that finances can be stressful for you, which can lead to mental health issues, which can lead to health issues and lead to a lot of different things. And you also want to leave something right behind, you know, leave Maybe. some type of legacy. Well, I know you can't take it with you, so I can understand why people would be upset, you know, right. uh, with that. With just saying, you know, right. I don't want to die poor financially. You know, you can't I, take like, it with I think... You. I think, like, I got life insurance so that if something, God forbid, happens to me, I don't, the people around me don't have to worry about paying for my funeral and worrying about finances and somebody's going to have to pay for things if I'm not here. So I just want to make sure that no one else has to, has, the stre- has to have the stress from finances that I might have had in my lifetime. So that's always something that I've been concerned about also. Hmm. All right. I'm still looking at this all-in challenge, man. You know, uh-huh. you know what I would have been direct on? A, you could direct a movie with Jonah Hill. David Blaine, he's doing a magic show, a private magic show and lesson. He's going to teach you some of his tricks. How dope is that? Mm-hmm. You guys are not into magic, huh? No, yeah. We want to see you do some, turn some tricks. You know what? Forget y'all. Leave us on a positive <laughs> note, Charlamagne. Show us how you made that nine and a half inch dildo disappear back in the day. <laughs> see? See? <laughs> 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 Give us a positive note, man. Listen, the positive note comes from Don Miguel Ruiz. I love Don Miguel Ruiz. Um, you know, if, if we're still on quarantine, so you can take this time to go read the four agreements or the fifth agreement or the mastery of love, uh, the mastery of self. But Don Miguel Ruiz says, you don't need to know how to love yourself. You need to unlearn all of the reasons why you reject yourself and by nature, you love yourself. Bars. Club, bitches. Are y'all finished or y'all done?